following message was recorded at River City Church. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. from 2 Corinthians 3 from verse 17 and it says this now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom praise God praise God for the freedom you know the Apostle Paul said people were coming into our meetings to spy out our freedom that's one of the first things you know people are preaching the message of the gospel there's great freedom there's freedom from condemnation there's freedom from fear praise God there's freedom from the past Praise God. You can really look into the future with great expectation because what he's prepared for us is more than we've asked or imagined. That's why I never make plans for the future because they're too small. Live in the day you're in. Rejoice in that day and you will find yourself standing in the wide open spaces of God's grace. And God will do what he wants to do around us, you know. Verse 18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We're going to be speaking about this this morning. It says, and we with unveiled faces. You see, you can sit under the gospel, but if your face is veiled, if you have an old covenant understanding of the truth, if you don't see where you are, who you are now in Christ, then you're not going to be transformed in the way that the gospel can transform you. So look with an unveiled face. And that's why we preach this gospel, to take away the veil. For in Christ, the veil is taken away. We'll speak about that this morning. First verse of the second, next chapter four. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart. We have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in trickery, nor distorting the word of God, but by the open proclamation of the truth, commending ourselves to every person's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that you will not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants on account of Jesus. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, he's the one who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Praise God. You know, one of the stories I was telling at my mom's funeral earlier in the week was about what a great gardener she was. She seemed to have green fingers. And um, we had a beautiful big garden at St. Elmo and had all sorts of plants. It really was amazing looking back, you know. But a good friend who used to work with mom in the garden used to joke that the plants she planted should have had wheels on them because she moved them so many times. She was always moving plants to a better place, to a better place, you know. And looking back, actually, that was the secret of how she grew such great plants. She knew a truth that if you want something to grow well, give it a best environment. Give it the best environment. And I want to speak this morning about that, about how we grow well when we're given the best environment. If you provide the right environment, things will grow well. So our mum, looking back, she kept moving us into the light She kept moving her children into the light while she worked away in the shadows. And that's what love does. Love puts us in the light, you know. So I think people grow spiritually in the same way. And all we have to do is provide the environment for people to grow in. 
And the environment that believers grow in is in the full light of the sun. It's in the full light of the glory of God. Praise God. And that's why we like to call the environment here in River City Church the grace greenhouse. The grace greenhouse. Because you're put into the light of the sun. Let's talk about that for a moment. That light, you see, is what the Apostle Paul described here to the Corinthians as the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus. Let me say that a different way. The light is knowing how good the Father God is by looking at Christ. Knowing how good our Father is by looking at Christ. So to see Christ, to see God coming in flesh, is to see that God is good enough to freely give us his light, his life. For as the Apostle John wrote, his life is the light of all men. So Christ is the light that brings life freely given to us. And that picture of light that brings life is used again and again to describe Jesus. Matthew uses a quote from Isaiah in his gospel where he speaks of Jesus. And he said this, The people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light. And those who were sitting in the land in shadow of death, upon them a light dawned. So I want to speak to you this morning about light and shadow. We want to talk about light and shadows in the church. You see, the light is Christ. So to preach the gospel in such a way that the life of God, the light of God, reaches people, then we must preach the gospel in the way it was originally preached. We must set before people Christ and his life. So to preach the gospel is to preach Christ. Would you agree with that? But I have to tell you, the gospel that many of us were brought up under has been a pale shadow of what the gospel should be because it has not been Christ. It has been Christ plus you. That's the gospel most of us are brought up on. Christ plus you. And the addition of you and I into the message in the words of the Apostle Paul in this letter, that veils the message. It dims the light. It dims the light, you know. And God's taking the blinkers off the light. God's restoring the full gospel. And that light's going to shine so bright. And I want to show you that in Scripture, first of all, that to preach the gospel is to preach Christ. So turn to Philippians. I'm going to read a couple of verses in Philippians to show you, first of all, what the full light of the gospel is, okay? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians 1. And I'm going to read you three verses. This is from verse 15 to verse 18. And it says this. It is true, Paul writes, that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. So in those verses, in three verses, Paul says three times what the gospel was that was preached in Rome at, those t- at that time. He said, they are preaching Christ, and I rejoice because of that. He rejoiced because he knew that to preach Christ is to shine a light into people's darkness. Because in those days, the people in Rome, people in Galilee, were all sitting in the same darkness. They were sitting in the darkness that came from the original lie. You could produce light yourself. You should produce the life of God yourself if you only tried a little bit harder, you see? That was the darkness that swept the earth 
from the original lie. You can, be, you can make this life yourself if you only do X, Y, and Z. That's the original lie. And all of mankind sits in the shadow of that lie, the shadow of sin and death. And the only answer to that is light. So I think that for years we've been very well aware, of course, growing up in the church of this picture of light and darkness. We're told, in fact, that uh, the Holy Spirit brings illumination. We're told that we are the children of the light and we're told to abide in the light and to walk in the light. But what I want to point out this morning is that <laughs> what my mom knew really about growing things in the light. And that is, don't let anything overshadow what has been planted. Don't let anything dim or veil the light that is shining. Now, how does that happen? It happens when you try and take the full light of the sun and add to it. Let me give you a picture. Anything you try and add to the sunlight will only cast a shadow. Imagine if you look into the garden one day and you see somebody sunbathing in the garden in the full light of the sun. And they've also, to try and get a better suntan, they've put a lamp over themselves, between themselves and the sun. All that lamp does is cast a shadow. You see? Because there's nothing brighter than the noonday sun. Anything that comes between you and the sun will only cast a shadow on you. It's the same with the gospel. Anything that someone puts between you and the sun, Christ, will only leave you in its shadow, getting only the half-light of the gospel. The reason so many of us in the body of Christ for so long have never outgrown our fears and our self-consciousness and our sin consciousness is because we have sat for so long under a dimmed down gospel. The gospel that most of us have grown up under has been a pale shadow of what it should be because that gospel has not been Christ. It's been Christ plus you. And the addition of you or I to the message and the words of Paul veils the message. It dims the light. Because anything that someone puts between you and the sun will only leave you in its shadow, getting the half-light of the gospel. So why am I saying all this this morning? Because, believe it or not, the start of the new year is the most popular time across the church for believers to be exhorted to try a little bit harder this year to do better for God. In other words, it's the most popular time of year for churches to add your performance to Christ's and so leave you in the long shadow of your own life standing between you and Christ. Just because the winter sun is low in the sky this time of year doesn't mean that the light of Christ has to be dimmed in the church too. Praise God. You know, Revelation 22 tells us that in the kingdom of the sun, there is no moon or sun because the light is constant. That light is the glory of God. There's no need for a moon or a sun because his face just brings out that light, you know. So for us to be children of the light, for us to bring in the kingdom on the earth as it is in heaven, our faces cannot be dimmed by a half gospel. We need to have the full light on our faces, reflecting into this world the fullness of God's love. That when we look at people, they see that we have been in the presence of the sun, the fullness of the sun, praise God. So that's why I say the gospel is not a message about you improving your life. Because we don't preach your life. For your life is no power. The gospel we preach is only life-giving if we're preaching Christ as your life. Christ. We preach Christ. We don't preach you. We preach Christ as your life. He is the light and the life of man. So if the gospel we preach is pointing people to themselves, to their life, 
to their piety as their hope, then all we're doing is moving people back into the shadow of their own life, the shadow of their own performance. The light that Saul of Tarsus saw on the road to Damascus, he described as brighter than the noonday sun. I love that as a perfect description of preaching Christ because the noonday sun casts the fewest shadows. In the noonday sun is the last shadow. The gospel of Jesus Christ never leaves you in the shadow of your own performance. The gospel of Jesus Christ never leaves you in the shadow of your own performance. All my life in church, I was left in the shadow of my own performance. The message was pointed to me. What are you going to do? You've got to do better. You've got to try harder. Do better this year to get closer to God. That's not the gospel. That leaves you in the shadow of your own performance. But somebody has slipped in you between you and Christ. I made it about you again and your unfinished work rather than him and his finished work. Praise God. So the first thing we want to make sure we get right about the environment is that people are being exposed to the sun in all his glory. Not a dimmed down version who apparently needs your help to finish his work. You can't add to the power of the sun. Can you say amen to that? Anything that someone puts between you and the sun will only leave you in its shadow, getting only the half-light of the gospel. So to preach the gospel, the good news of what Christ has done is to move people out of the shadows of their own performance, where they've been trying to grow a life by themselves. You can't do that. You can't grow a life by yourself because you can't produce your own life. Paul declared to the Ephesians, the life that saves us is not of ourselves. Praise God. It is the gift of God. You see, the light is given. The life is given. A plant cannot produce its own light to live by. It needs to be given light. No man or woman can produce their own light to live by. No matter how many scriptures are thrown at us, to get us to try and produce life, we can't do it. We just simply receive this life. We abide in this life. We abide in this light. Like my mother would put a plant in the sun where it gets the sun for longest. Go where you get the sun for longest. Abide in that light. I love this time of year because the days are getting longer and they're getting warmer. You know, in Christ, the path of the righteous gets ever brighter. We're in eternal spring going into summer. It's getting lighter and lighter and warmer and warmer. Is your heart warming? under the gospel is warming you know you're seeing things differently remember John a few weeks ago we said that they tell us never to look directly at the sun because you go blind and I said that the Bible tells us that God's love is like a consuming fire and when we look directly into it we see that we have been blind we've been blind to how much God loves people to how much we're loved praise God it's such a beautiful thing this light is amazing no wonder Saul of Tarsus went blind uh, with a full revelation of the love of God. So we need to be given the light. So believer, once your face was the color of death, for you had not looked on the sun. Christ did not take you out from under the shadow of death so that you could spend a lifetime in the shadow of your own life. Your face merely a paler shade of gray. He took you into what Romans 5 calls the wide open spaces of his grace and glory so that there be no shadow between you and him. That you would live in a place where nothing came between you and him. A place called hidden with Christ in God. That is so beautiful. Is it not beautiful that in the first Adam, in the flesh, we hide from God. We take the fig leaves of religion and try and cover ourselves. But in the last Adam, in the spirit, we aren't hidden from Christ. We're hidden with Christ. 
We're hidden with Christ in God. That's our life. We live in a life that overcomes death, praise God. And irrespective of what's happening around us, irrespective of our own physical bodies, the truth will win in the end. And we are called by people who are given the spirit that we can live from that truth. You know, and sometimes, to be honest, I can't plan ahead to live in that truth. I've got to just be carried in the moment. I just got to be carried in the moment, you know. I'm going to speak about this in a few moments, really. I'm just, it's just hitting me now. Sometimes we live life by our experience, trying to plan ahead to avoid risk. This whole world is risk averse, you know. We spend so much of our life as Christians doing what we've always done, what we're comfortable with, you know. And we miss the grace of God because He gives us grace in the moment. When you find yourselves out of your depth, when you find yourself facing impossible situations, only then does love come up and step in, you know? And that's why he, he entreats us to step out of the boat again and again, just not to be afraid, not to be afraid. When you're surrounded by death and the shadow of, of sickness, and not to be afraid, just to stand. And when you've done everything else, just continue to stand. Praise God and sing that. You know, when mum when mom was passing away, you know, we were all around her bed. And I, I saw an amazing thing, you know, as she was gasping her last all my brothers and sisters were praying together the Lord's Prayer. I haven't seen that in over 40 years, you know. I thought only mum could do that. Praise God, you know. But, you know, just in that moment of death, to shout victory in the moment of death, you know. The light is seen lightest in the darkness, you know. Even in this passage later on, Paul says, we're, 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 we're pressed down, but we're not crushed, you know. I mean, we're perplexed, but we're not in despair, you know. And that's our life, isn't it? We come in here, we sing these beautiful songs, but in our life, families can be falling apart, your body can be falling apart. That's the, that's the, 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 the land of shadows that we live in. But we are the light in that shadow. We are the light. We can't believe this gospel. We can't have this in our hearts and say these beautiful things and speak to ourselves and proclaim. right, Prisca? We can speak to these. We can walk out of darkness. As you testified last week, we just walk out of the darkness carrying the light because we are the light bearers. Jesus said the most amazing thing to us. He said, you are to say to us why because he saw us in himself he saw us in himself and he wanted us to believe that how can we believe that unless we're told it how can we believe that our life is christ if somebody doesn't preach christ as our life so don't let anybody sit you in the shadow and preach to you that you should try harder this year to have a better life for christ christ is your life that's the gospel christ is your life you don't have to have a better life because you died praise the lord you died this is the beautiful gospel we have for a country that's sitting in the darkness and the shadow of religion praise god christ came and all who see that great light are changed by that great light and we're set free from self-consciousness and fear praise god praise the lord so people grow spiritually in the gospel of christ's finished work they cannot grow in the same way if left under the shadow of their own unfinished works the shadow of the law of sin and death. Every time we mix into the gospel a little of what are you doing for God, that we leave people with the impression that they could actually do something apart from God, that they could actually produce light themselves. You know, when Paul found the Corinthians beginning to believe that, boasting in their lives for God, he asked them one simple question. What do you have that you did not receive? Exactly. What do you have that you did not receive? And if you received it, why do you boast? <laughs> why do you give other people in this country the impression that they should do what you did? What do you have that you did not receive? So stay in that light. As you received him, so walk in him. Just keep receiving. Keep receiving. Keep, keep just being in the sun. Keep just being in the sun. Stay under the... Don't let anybody else bring you back into the shadow. Praise God. 
Believers cannot grow up in Christ if the messages they sit under leave them under the shadow of their own performance, the shadow of the law of sin and death. Believers are those who once sat in darkness but have seen a great light. They should never be deprived of that light. The gospel is not get your act together in 2023. The gospel is the astonishing news that Christ brought the curtain down in your act 2,000 years ago. When that veil came down. The shadow is, believer, this year you should try harder to get closer to God. The light is, believer, in any year you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. So preach the light, don't preach the shadow. So at the start of this new year, the only exhortation I have for you is live in the light of Christ's finished work, not the shadow of your unfinished life. Live in the light of his life freely given to you, and you will grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the first verse there we read this morning declares that it is as we contemplate the Lord's glory, not yours. Don't let man point you to yourself. It's not as you contemplate your glory. <laughs> you contemplate the Lord's glory in us, praise God, that we're transformed into his image. You know, you know whenever I find myself in a situation, and I'm learning this more and more, you know, like last year, if I find myself in a situation where I'm down, you know, and it's something really oppressing me and something's robbing me and I feel a lack of thanksgiving, I've learned to check where the sun is. Who took my sun? <laughs> Who put a cloud over my sun? Somebody said something to me. I listened to something. Somebody preached something which sounded good, but it put a cloud over my son. You know, and you learn to discern that in your heart. You learn to discern, in fact, when somebody has leavened your gospel with a little cloud between you and the son. Praise God. You were planted in the son to grow in the son. Remain in the son and you will bear much fruit. I love it. Last Monday when we went to bury my mom. It was the only sunny day for weeks. I kept showing my family my weather app on my phone. Look, have you seen this? Rain, 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 rain. Sun. <laughs> she got the sun in it. And then since that, it's rained almost nonstop. But on that day, the sun came out and it was so beautiful, you know. So the first reason mom moved her plants was because they were not getting enough light, because they were living in the shadow of something. Now, the second reason mom moved her plants was because there was not enough soil for the roots to grow deep in. And I haven't got time to speak about this this morning, but I'll just finish by saying this. Um, I think that's a picture of how the renewing of our minds is to continue. We need to experience our roots growing deeper and deeper into the grace of God. Almost the last thing the Apostle Peter said was, do not fall into error, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, We're going to grow this year again, aren't we? We're going to grow this year again in this beautiful grace of God. But I don't think it's possible to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ simply by learning more and more about it in church. In the same way that there's a limit to what you can learn about swimming standing on dry ground. At some point, you have to get out of your depth to experience the truth about swimming. And so to continue to experience God's grace, we need to continue to find ourselves in places where we need God's grace. Now, you don't have to worry about that. That's going to happen. (laughs) Jesus, I'll give you this promise. You're going to have trouble in this life. What I want to encourage you is when trouble comes to you this year, don't think that you're in error. Rather, you're about to go deeper and to know more the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because as grace comes in such times, when we look back over the years, in fact, and I ask you, when was the grace of God most evident in your life? To me, it was last week. You know, when you're out of your depth, when you're out of your depth completely, God's grace holds you up, you know. It's beautiful, you know. So don't be afraid when your carefully laid plans this year to protect yourself from disaster fall apart. 
you haven't fallen into error, you're about to grow. Amen. You're about to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mum moved plants to where the roots can grow deeper. Growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ cannot be done apart from living a life that finds us out of our depth. For it's only in such places that our roots can grow deep into the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen. The only thing that any situation that causes you to cry out to God can do is to show you that there is no experience in this life dark enough that his light, his life in you is not able to overcome even death. Amen. I want to close by reading some verses from Psalm 139 that the Lord brought me to last week. I'll just read this to you. Where can I go from your spirit? Where? Where can I go from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my beds in the depths, you're there. If I rise in the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be darkness to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Anything that someone puts between you and the sun, Christ will only leave you in its shadow, getting only the half-light of the gospel. You and I were not made for the shadows, but for the light. We were planted in the sun to grow in the sun. Let us remain and abide in the sun, and we will bear his fruit. Let us allow no one to place our performance between us and him. Let nothing overshadow our faces except the glory of God. Let us continue to preach Christ as our life, and continue to contemplate Christ as our life, and we will continue to grow up in Christ as our life. Let his light so shine in us and through us that those in this generation who have been sitting in the darkness will see the sun shining in our faces. Amen. And here as we proclaim Christ, and they will know that they no longer have to sit in the shadow of death, but they can arise and they can live and they can move and they can have their being in the sun, the light and the life that men were made for. Praise God. Hallelujah.